What is going on, everybody? This is Gina Spirito back with episode 20 of the Gina Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Monday, February 15th. Um, you know, today I had a few classes. Um, I had a couple of events for my fraternity, so I'm a little a little tired, um, but, you know, we're powering through it. Um, you know, just have to attack this week just like any other week. Um, but yeah, it, it was still a pretty pretty solid day, pretty um, just fulfilling, really, it's, um, it's always a good, uh, feeling when you get to that end of, to get to the end of recruitment week, um, for those of you who are in Greek life, you understand that, uh, bid day is definitely the best day, um, you know, seeing all the guys that, uh, do it, accept your bid and, um, you know, want to start the process of becoming in, um, an official member of our fraternity, so it was always, it was a good feeling today, um, you know, but classes are still, um, you know, schoolwork and are full of schoolwork. I mean, and, uh, you know, that has no end to it, it feels like. So, um, you know, take the pros of the cons, I guess. But like I said, I hope you um, are all having a uh, great Monday as well. Um, I have uh, some music stuff to talk about, some more NBA news and some NFL news. And uh, let's just get into this. Um, this weekend actually saw a lot of anniversaries, uh, for some classic albums, um, that had major impacts on, uh, the music community, um, and I kind of wanted to just go through them. I was, uh, honestly, genuinely, uh, you know, I want to say surprised, obviously, because these albums have been out for a minute, but it was, I was just, uh, it was a it was a good nostalgia feeling just um being able to revisit these albums um you know as i realized it was the anniversary f- anniversaries for them um and uh, just kind of being able to put myself back in the in my shoes of uh, where i was at in in my life at the time that these albums dropped and um just some of the memories i have associated with the music um i feel like that's probably one of my favorite things um that is associated with music is the fact that you know it's 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 a it's history you know it's a piece of time of your life um it's a feeling that uh you'll never get to experience again you know at least for those initial um listens and when the that music dropped you know of course I'm not saying that you'll always feel that way when you're listening to a certain album but you know some of these um albums that have been on the billboard charts for years and years you know when when they come back up for their anniversaries it's it's really refreshing being able to just you know think about where where you were at in your life when that album dropped and what your goals and aspirations were in that exact moment and then kind of putting it into um the bigger picture and seeing where you're at now seeing how much growth and um progress you've made in your own life and how you can still listen to that album and it still makes you feel that that way but it's just different than it than it was when you first listened to it um there's the music is always is always timeless you know and we're just all uh going through life and living and learning but that music is the thing that stays the same and I think uh you know just the thing that you're always able to come back to to associate yourself and come back to who you who you truly are as a person so 
it was good this weekend being able to listen to um you know some of these albums again uh for the first time uh, some of these albums i've been kind of listening to lately i'll, I'll get into those um but let's get into it I, I think to start it off i have to go with so far gone um of course this is uh drake's third mixtape that he released back in um february 13 2009 so this um project actually turned 12 over the weekend um we saw it debut at number five on the Billboard in March of 2019, when it was a uh, re-release from Drake, which was is like a 10-year anniversary. Um, you know about this project. Uh, Drake talks about how um, when he was in the uh, process of making it, him and of course his uh, famous producer friend and. I mean, the guy who's basically come up with him 40, um, they were they were just having a conversation when they were first uh, on the come up when this mixtape was being um, produced. And um, he talks about how they were on the phone and the way that they were talking about woman was extremely disrespectful. And um, right after they had gotten off the phone, 40 had texted him and said, are we becoming the men that our mothers divorced? And, um, you know, Drake said that they're, you know, they're, that they're both good guys and he's been friends with, you know, very good people. And it showed him in that moment that they both still do have a conscious, um, regardless of the fame, the money, um, everything that they have been able to accomplish up until this point. Of course, um, as we know now, 12 years later, that that fame and money and is was just going to grow to a point that they probably had no idea about in that moment but um he talks about how sometimes you just get so far gone and wrapped up in all this all the shit that uh comes with um comes with the music industry and um that's where the title comes from as uh you know it has many meanings of how we carry ourselves how we dress um the way people view us um not sounding too conceited or cocky um it's just uh, feeling the distance, feeling distance in a good type of way and um, being able to elevate past all the bullshits um, or, you know, toxic um, environments that you used to be a part of and just being able to uh, be so far gone, you know, and I, I thought that was I thought that was a really interesting take on it and kind of what I was able to put together from what he was trying to explain um and then of course um you know these uh the first five songs on this on this project you know you start with lust for life and uh this is where drake is kind of um saying everything that's in his head and kind of uh just being lost and trying to find you know, the type of person that he truly is going to be. Is he going to continue with his acting career? Is he going to continue to try to pursue this music and, um, you know, try to find um, a different path for him? As, of course, up until this point, he was uh, strictly acting. And, you know, he had a couple of verses on uh, Degrassi, but he was still trying to find himself. And then... Um, Going and then it of course trot two is uh, Houston Houston Atlanta Vegas and 
he'd start talking about um, a strip, the you know the the feeling that this uh, stripper's uh, giving him, and um, something that he was feeling for this girl at the moments, and um, feeling as if uh, anything that he kind of did um, for this girl, for this relationship, whatever you know, whatever he was going through at the time, whether it was with the stripper, whether it was with, um, you know, somebody he was actually with, um, that he was, you know, never doing anything that was quite there, quite good enough for, you know, this person. And um, she was always looking for, uh, you know, something more, something that would fulfill her own purpose and her own destiny. And he was constantly trying to you know, uphold that and please her in that way. And then he realizes, and then in shot three, that all he wants to do is be successful. And, um, you know, that's uh, probably one of the most um, decorated shots on here. Of course, Trey Song's Little Wayne features. Um, but at the end of the song, uh, there's a, there's a little um, quote by Drake, and it says, there are so many things I want to say, but I just don't know how to say it to you. And I think this is right here. This is the moment where um, he's kind of able to realize the toxic environment that, um, you know, one, he's in with himself and trying to realize, uh, you know, putting too much pressure on himself, trying to realize what he is trying to do and what he's trying to fulfill. And then also with this woman who um, isn't able to really um you know find that complete happiness with him for whatever reason and she's still trying to find more um in her own life and drake just coming to the realization that he kind of just wants to he just wants to be successful regardless of it's if it's with acting or if it's with this whole music thing um and then that's how you get into track four with let's call it off and that kind of just leads into um the breakup between uh, these, um, these two individuals, and, um, as soon as he, uh, does do this, then you get into track five with November 18th, and, um, that's literally, uh, the week that, um, he went out and flied, uh, to Houston to, um, meet Lil Wayne and kind of start this, uh, entire, I don't know, just this entire journey into uh, the rap game and just, um, you know, making a name for himself. And, you know, I, I feel like this, uh, these these first five tracks alone, this story that he's telling, and then he gets into, you know, he, he goes on November 18th, meets up with Lil Wayne, and then boom, Trat sits, gets into ignorant shit and just goes straight in and, um, you know, just he's in there, he's made it, he's, he's on a song with Lil Wayne, you know, so... I think um, for anybody that's, I feel like everybody that's heard this uh, project before can, you know, back me up when I say that you can instantly hear um, the control that Drake is able to have on any track. Um, and of, of course, this is this being, you know, his third mixtape, probably the obviously the most uh, successful mixtape that he had in that in that run um you know his ability to paint this picture and uh tell stories that um are 
happening in his own life, but being able to tell them and paint them for a viewer or um, listener that isn't necessarily successful, isn't necessarily as rich as Drake, isn't necessarily, um, you know, being able to go to like the clubs he does and uh, hook up with the woman that he he does. Um, He's able to paint this in a way that is relatable for anybody who's listening. And I feel like that is exactly how Drake was able to capture um, this bit of an audience with this tape. And, um, you know, you can feel however you want about him. You know, you can you you can feel uh, like, you, I mean, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is you can it's it's kind of similar to how, how people feel about Tom Brady, how people feel about LeBron. Um, you know, you can feel, you know, discomfort with him for some reason in his music. But at the end of the day, you can't deny the success, the impacts of the legacy that he has created for himself. And, um, you know. I feel like you have you, you, we definitely get a first taste of that when um, we're listening to so far gone and we kind of real I mean especially I, I mean me as a listener and I know plenty of other people um, listening to so far gone uh, was definitely just that first oh shit like this man's here to stay you know um, I think uh, you know this as I've grown older and as I've been able to uh, develop um, into an individual and man that I love in myself, I feel like this project has kind of been able to teach me new lessons here and there throughout the years. Of course, when you're younger, you, you love the music and that's what sits out to you. But then some of these tracks just start to really speak to you and, um, you know, I feel like that's why Drake has always been able to keep the following that he has. And, um, you know, he's really just a voice. I feel like it's just so impressive. Um, all of the things, all of the subject matters that he's able to speak on and kind of just um, allow the viewer to um, feel like they aren't so stuck in their lives and all of the... Um, you know, negatives that could possibly come with it. And instead they can just have somebody speak to them in a way that they kind of just need to be spoken to in that specific moment. And I think that's exactly why we see Drake as successful as he, as he is, of course, of course though, it it, it definitely helps um, that uh, the production on this is some of the most iconic beats, um, that we've seen in hip hop, and we've seen multiple artists um, uh, use when they're trying to come up and they're trying to make it on the scene with their mixtapes, um, and of course having four little Wayne features and other big names on this um, uh, doesn't um, doesn't hurt. But at the same time, Drake one thousand percent holds his own, and this is um, just you know, of course. I'd say my favorites on here uh, got to be ignorant shit, successful, say what's real, um, of course best I ever had, sooner than later, uh, the calm. I mean, you know, this entire project is just full of so many gems, and um, it's it's just truly remarkable um, that Drake was able to 
give us so many iconic hip-hop tracks and just his third mixtape just his really his first mixtape if you want to be uh brutally honest and like coming on the scene you know of course real drake fran i mean not, i don't want to say real drake fans but you know just consumers of music have heard drake's other projects um um you know we uh, we have room for improvements um that was hosted by dj smalls and then we have uh the combat season before we had so far gone um but this was definitely the 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 project that put him on the map when i mean there's no doubt about it and um you know he he got everybody's attention with this project he got everybody to uh, make sure they're looking out for his next drop and he to this date has not allowed um anybody or anything to kind of uh derail that kind of um allow themselves um as a consumer to not want to listen to whatever the fuck he has to drop net so you know shout out to him kudos to him you know he holds his own and some um on this and he has never ever stopped since so 12 years of so far gone what a project what a what a um start to an illustrious career for drizzy drake and of course um what follows this is the sits year anniversary of if you're reading this it is too late um by drake as he released this also on uh, february 13th but this came in 2015 it was um on the sits year anniversary of so far gone uh this uh debuted at number one um I'll always remember when this album dropped as, if you guys don't know, this was actually a surprise drop by Drake. On February 12th, he was um, he was actually uh, releasing little snippets here and there on his website, on his socials, and people were, you know, wondering what he was doing. I mean, you know, we, we've heard of um, this concept of views from the sits, um, and we were kind of, you know, waiting for Drake to do something. He, he had dropped zero to a hundred, um, um, on SoundCloud and we knew, uh, you know, following nothing was the same following, take care following. I mean, even following thank me later. I mean that, that I feel like people don't really like to thank me later, but, um, that's definitely, uh, still, you know, it still has plenty of tracks that are just, um, you know, so, so good. Um, but following all these, all these projects, uh, we, we get this concept of views from the sits and we're kind of wondering when Drake is in a drop and he releases, you know, that, like I said, zero to a hundred on SoundCloud and he starts dropping these little snippets and then all of a sudden, boom, he drops. If you're reading this, it's too late. Um, as a surprise drop, and I actually didn't hear about it until I was on the bus um, my freshman year with my boy Dallas, and I just remember just freaking out, and I was like, oh my fucking god, Drake just dropped, you know, like, uh, like we need to listen to this, are you kidding me? And just putting our headphones in for that first listen, I always remember just, oh my goodness, the goosebumps that I felt on that bus ride, um, and just being so happy, you know, I, it was just, it was definitely a moment that I always remember. I, I was just so deeped out on this bus ride. Um, and yes, I, I'm, I, I just, I'll always be thankful that Drake was able to give me that memory as he's given me plenty of memories, um, with his music, 
But that was that's a memory that always stick out. That was a memory that I always remember and look back on and just be like, man, this music shit is just ridiculous. I, I love this shit. You know, I, I eat this music shit up. But, you know, like I said, um, up until this point, Drake had teased that concept and views from the sit. So when he finally dropped this, um, I feel like this was the project that definitely was able to solidify um, himself um, just in another level, you know, than most of these other artists in the hip hop uh, rap community. Um, you know, I, like I said, like I mentioned before, uh, I think I personally think the reason why Drake is at the level that he's at, um, of course, it, you can't just be at the level that you're at without making good music. Um, you know, I'm not trying to take away anything from that because his, his music is, is phenomenal. But, um, you know, every single track, not every, I, I'm like, I, I, want, I don't want to say every single track, but most tracks, um, Drake, like I've said, he has this way of being able to take his own life experiences and put it on a track and make it so everybody can relate to it. He's the way he's able to write and storytell is just, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's ridiculous. And if you don't like Drake, I just don't get it. You know, I, I feel like he, um, is really a master of his craft in that, in that way, in that storytelling narrative way. Um, and I feel like if you're reading this, it's too late. Might be his best rendition of this. You know, every single track we hear Drake just speak with this honesty about um, just who the fuck he is. You know, he wasn't, you know, just coming on these tracks and uh, saying that he, you know, he he wanted he wants more money, he wants more bitches, he wants more you know, he wants this and that, it, it was like, nah, like, I just got everything, like, I, I'm Drake, I'm just the boss, like, you know, I, I feel like, um, he knew the world would be listening, he knew, um, the power that he had, and he needed, uh, what he, he knew that he needed to, what he needed to do with this one, um, in order to just ascend himself into another level. And that's, I think that's exactly what he did. I, I mean, like I said, he bosses up on some of these tracks and talks about just where he is in life and how he is just above everybody. I mean, you start with legend. I mean, yeah, like if, if I, <laughs> like it's, I'm sure it's a crazy feeling just realizing like if I died, like I am a legend, like, um, there's just no debating that. And I think, uh, he's just speaking fats. Like that's what it is at the end of the day. That pure honesty is, has taken Drake, um, and just, you know, allowed him to ascend to the level he has been. And he's always ridden that rave of honesty. Um, and then you just go straight into tracks like energy, 10 bands, it's God, uh, 6pm in New York, uh, used to with Lil Wayne, like, you know, these tracks are just straight hip-hop. He's just speaking his shit. He's flows, the beats, the production. is just ridiculous, man. And then, boom. You know, we have these hard beats uh, with these crazy bars followed um, with what makes Drake so unique and so special and his ability to switch his flow up 
and sing on tracks like Star 67, Jungle, Now and Forever, you know, even Legend. I mean, he's really just singing on that song. And he's, like I said, he's being honest. I'm not, you know, he doesn't necessarily, he's not always necessarily being honest about his um, level of stardom and all of that like he is on Legend. But, you know, on tracks like Jungle, he's really just you know, trying to, it's, it's a love song, it's, he's, he's, uh, he's pouring his heart out, really, um, in all honesty, I, I mean, I don't really know how else to describe a song like Jundle, you know, I don't know how else to describe a song like Marvin's Room, um, Hold On, We're Going Home, you know, these, these tracks where Drake is singing, he's, it's just not, it's, it's not just the fact, um, that his voice sounds good, that the le the level of production is great, um, the beats are, you know, always just on point from 40, um, but it has to do with the fact that his subject manner is always able to reach this audience that he is trying to get to, which is everybody, and it's really remarkable um, that his, his ability, it's, it's remarkable, um, the level of just, I don't even know the right word, just his ability to make a track and it be able to reach so many people in so many various ways because, you know, your interpretation of, uh, some of these tracks can be completely different than, somebody else but you both equally love attract so much and you both are able to take you know different things from these tracks um and like i said that's exactly why drake has um been able to get to the level of stardom that he has been you know um but yeah back to if you're reading this it's too late um you know this like i said it will probably go down as my favorite drake project um I mean, at least it is to date at the moment, um, but I do know for a fact that we are still, um, we are still in store for plenty of music to uh, be coming our way from him, and uh, I think that the future will only determine whether or not this uh, this project uh, is solidified as my favorite. But um, moving on from Drake, um, five years ago, on Valentine's Day. We saw one of the most crazy drops happen, and that was from Kanye West himself with The Life of Pablo. Of course, you know, like I said, this album was rolled out in one of the craziest fashions I feel like um, we've ever seen. But, I mean, what else are you really to expect from Kanye? Um, of course, this was first premiered at Madison Square Garden. Um, on February 11th, which was uh, three days before um, the eventual release on it. And this was a part of a huge live stream event that was on um, Tidal. Um, and, you know, that's where we see some of the most uh, famous and viral photos and clips of Kanye and Kid Cudi and Travis Scott all just really vibing. I mean, Kanye plugs his phone in and he displayed it from start to finish. I couldn't even imagine what it was like being there. I know that there's some other videos and clips of people just like not being into it the same way that Trav and Kid Cudi and all the guys who were on the stage with him. I'm pretty sure Designer and just Pusha T, all of all of um, good music was up there. But um, 
you know, I, I, I couldn't even imagine being there myself. I know I would have definitely been into it the same way they were, but um, like I said, it was first premiered at Madison Square Garden at this huge event, and then this was then followed by Kanye going on Saturday Night Live in that same week. But yeah, that's um, that, that was followed by Kanye going on Saturday Night Live and then performing um, and finally putting this album out um, only on title as well. I mean, it wasn't on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. You couldn't even purchase it until uh, April 1st. Um, but this was all, of course, part of the plan as um, this put title as the number one streaming app uh, just for that time frame. Um, but, uh, you know, Kanye describes this, this work, this project, um, as a living, breathing, changing creative expression. And, um, I truly believe that that was <laughs> the best sentence to describe it. I mean, um, us fans were able to see the live action of the title consistently being changed. Of course, you know, artists change shit like that all the time, but, you know, when has an artist ever continued to tweet that and continue to give you the information that he was giving us, um, continue to, uh, you know, be flexible with when the release date was, um, when, uh, when tracks were being, um, deleted, um, the fact that this album was supposed to come out the week before and I'm not the week before a few days before and chance the rapper before Saturday night live, I'm not before after Saturday night live. Um, said that they weren't able to put it out yet because he wanted waves on there and he extended that release another few days um, you know so of course this doesn't um, result in the smoothest rollout but I mean what projects um, released by Kanye truly is a smooth rollout you know um, because regardless of any of that we're still able to um, just receive and be consumers of some amazing drafts on here. And um, we just get a, a very wide variety of Kanye West. You know, we get graduation Kanye, we get 808s Kanye, we get college dropout Kanye, we get everything on this project. Um, and it just embodies all of uh, his work that he put out prior to it. And I feel like all of these different modes that he has been able to tap into and kind of create from a certain perspective for an entire project. He was kind of able to put all of these different perspectives. And I feel like that's kind of relates to the life of Pablo. I mean, um, you know, on, on no more parties in LA, he's, you know, which Pablo is he is, is he on his artist shit? Is he on his writing shit? Is he on his designer shit? It's, Kanye West was able to just do whatever the fuck he wanted on to on this project and I feel like this was the first time that he was just having I don't want to say he wasn't having fun on his previous work but I feel like he was just very free very just creative I don't I mean Kanye West is so creative though I don't really know I don't know it's hard to explain but I really just feel like this embodies all of Kanye's work so much that we've never been able to see him not... It, it, he wasn't so focused on one specific sound, one specific concept. It was more so 
just combining everything and kind of like he said being this change of creative expression and kind of just going with what you want to do you know not necessarily oh fuck i'm making this album that has this type of theme and i need to put an r&b song i need to make only r&b i only need to make this type of you know beat instead it was just such a creative and you know different album that maybe turned people off but i think at the end of the day people can come back to this now five years later and say that this album truly has stood the test of time and <coughs> of course the the level of production is is top tier i mean what else do we expect on a kanye album and it, it's just a perfect example of what kanye can do at his best regardless of all these crazy antics um you know of working to the very end of a release and continuing to push it out and continuing to tweet all of the little things about the projects um you know we're still able to experience some of the most like you know iconic tracks um with plenty of big name features oh my goodness so um shout out to the life of pablo what an album that is um and, and then of course this leads me into um you know the um not not five plus years ago as this album actually came out a year ago and this was the slow rush by um tame impala this actually is yeah this is turning it's turned one yesterday for on february 14th um this debuted at number three on the billboard 200 you know for 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 this project i will always remember hearing that faint uh one more year over and over again on that for that first time on that uh first track and just instantly being transcended into this imagination this world that kevin parker was um he was about to um he was about to take me into you know i feel like with all of uh tame and paula's um previous work we've been able to um just be transcended into um this whatever world whatever mode whatever um just story that uh kevin parker wanted to tell us we're able to just instantly be in it and i feel like that was exactly what he did on this title track um and then i mean who would have guessed that a month later um after this album's release that these faint chords of one more year would kind of just you know be the reality for everybody one more year before we can i know this isn't really what the track is about per se but you know it's it's like one more year before we can really do anything um anything else but um you know this song uh one more year was definitely the start of um the general concept of this entire project which um you know plays with time and how um we're able to take and give things throughout um the progression of time throughout the progression of our lives um that we're living um you know we can get so caught up in um this concept of um just not being good enough not being far enough not doing enough 
there's just so many uh, insecurities that can build up and you can just get so stressed and continue to live life through all of this and continue to kind of just put your head down and grind and not really think about all these other things that are on your mind and not really truly evolve as a human being because of it and being stuck in that specific place um i feel like that is what kevin parker is trying to remind us of um and kind of just push us to find that deeper meaning to find um to find out that you know uh these limiting factors um are truly what's important in life and you know trying to find out what your what those factors are for you um in order to live a fulfilling life um you know i i feel like uh you know instead of getting caught up in everything that uh life's throw life throws your way um you know we have to continue to ride these waves of Uh, feeling the ways that we do sometimes um, and continue to write more chapters in our book because we you know there's just so many chapters that um, we can write you know it's just it's endless and um, our life is short Uh, we never we never really know when the time is time is going to be ending so why would we continue to be stuck on that same page that same mode that same anything really and like you know what's the What's the point if we can continue to evolve into something more beautiful? And I, I feel like uh, the best thing we can do is just continue to make every day count. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Kevin Parker's ability to, to find these deeper meanings um, and finding comfort with both uh, the past and everything you've been through and what has allowed you to get to the place that you are and uh, be the human being that you are and... Um, the memories that you, um, you know, good and bad that may have happened along the way. Um, and instead of, um, and, and, and after finding that comfort in these, in these things, um, immersing yourself in, into a new world, you know, for yourself, uh, for your sanity, for, for just new beginnings and change, because at the end of the day, that all those things are just what makes life amazing, you know? Uh, so yeah, this this project was by far one of the best albums of 2020 and easily a top album for me personally of all time. Um, you know, it, it just reminds the listener of all the beauties in life, whether that's past, present, future, and why it's important to continue to find those regardless of if you've if you feel it like you have found them. You know, there's there's always so much more that we can learn. There's always so much more that we can find out about ourselves, about the world, um, about our friends, about the environment, everything. That um, you know, what's the point of feeling like you know everything? What's the point of feeling like you've fully conquered everything? You know, there's so many other chapters to write. Like I said, there's so many more discoveries to be made. You know, let's just continue to push forward. And I feel like that's exactly what Kevin Parker is trying to tell us on here and it's just a beautiful piece of work but yeah that's um that that, those are all the albums that had anniversaries that this 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 past weekend that that truly meant meant a lot to me um just some great some great works of art like I said some great touching 
pieces um, from artists that are going to be lasting a lifetime in my eyes. So shout out to all these artists. Um, but on a lighter note, unfortunately today, um, the tragic news of Vincent Jackson, um, former um, NFL wide receiver, played for the Chargers for seven years, um, played for the Buccaneers for five years, um, unfortunately passed away at the age of uh, 38. Um, the um, he, he was found in in uh, Florida in his hotel room uh, by a maid and the um, county police has already launched an investigation to uh, see the cause of death. Um, of course, he was um, originally a second round pick back in 2005 by this Chargers team. Um, he played 12 seasons total, like I said, 155 games, 540 total receptions, uh, 9,080 yards, 57 touchdowns, 16 yards per catch. Um, you know, truly, 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 um, a remarkable San Diego Charger, a remarkable Tampa Bay Buccaneer, um, but a remarkable human, you know, his, uh, Vincent Jackson Foundation, helped so many military families in need and um was he was able to give back to those those uh military um mil- those those people in the military that were serving and um you know it it's at the end of the day it's not really about that impact that you made on the field like I said and it's about those other things so um you know it it it's unfortunate it, it really just is you know you never you never want to assume the worst but you know um it looks as if his family actually filed a missing persons report on february 11th um and on the following day on the 12th uh he was actually um located and spoke to and um because of his well-being that missing persons case was canceled and um today the 15th was the first time that he was located um, after, you know, following this missing person report where he was end up founding. And that was when he was found in his hotel room, uh, sadly passed away. Um, but you know, like I said, on a positive note, uh, there were no signs of trauma. Um, you know, there will be an examiner's office, of course, that will determine the cause of death. Um, and identify, uh, the remains of, uh, you know, every, everything that was still there, um, which it looks like there was no serious, um, injuries involved. It's more so finding out how it all happened. Um, but yeah, very, very, very sad news. Um, and like I said, regardless of what happened, it's just an unfortunate situation and, Condolences to his family, condolences uh, to his loved ones. Um, what an inspiration and idol that will forever be um, in our hearts, for sure. On, on to some Laker news. Of course, last night was not the best night, um, as the uh, Joker um, was just too much for us. As he uh, put up a triple-double, 23 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, and a 122-105 to uh, win against the Lakers. Um, Jamal Murray added 25, sits in four. 
excuse me, um, Kuzma had 19 off the bench. What a what a role that he stepped up into and really accepted this season. But of course, the uh, big story of the game was the fact that Anthony Davis went down in the second quarter due to an Achilles injury, um, which sidelined him for the rest of the game and. You know, the Lakers really just never able to find their groove after that. And the Nuggets just continued to grind the game out until Frank Vogel finally waved the white flag with about four minutes to go. Um, but that injury um, for Anthony Davis actually came back today. Um, and the MRI basically um, showed that he re-aggravated um, his uh, calf and um, he'll... He'll be um, missing the next two to three weeks due to a calf strain now. Um, And he could probably return sometime after the All-Star break. Um, You know, of course, uh, this All-Star break will be running from March 5th to March 10th. Um, So, you know, I'm just, I'm very, I'm I'm glad that this injury, you know, of course, we don't want to see Anthony Davis out for any time, but... Um, I'm glad that we're not talking several months here. We're talking, you know, a few weeks at, at the at the worst. And um, at the end of the day, what's, you know, it's it's what's best for the team. It's what's best for Anthony Davis and getting back on the floor in general. So, you know, that's right. And, um, you know, we're just wishing uh, him a full, speedy recovery. Um, but with this loss, um, the Lakers are still in second place in the West at 21 and 7 um and of course following them are the clippers a game behind 20 and 8 and then the suns who are on a hot streak right now sit straight wins 17 and 9 uh trailblazers hit scene and 10 spurs hit scene 11 uh but the real the real story is of course the jazz who um tonight um now have won 19 of their last 20 games um it was a game that tonight where um, we saw Jordan Clarkson, former Laker, have 40 points off the bench with eight threes. Um, he's definitely uh, the front runner at the moment for Sits Man of the Year. Um, but this Jazz team, man, 22 and five, uh, two uh, two and a half games ahead of this Lakers team for first in the Western Conference Finals, um, playing pretty ridiculous at the moment. Um, and we'll see how that leads into All Star break as um, some more NBA. Protocols actually came out today about All-Star break as um, players who will be in attendance, um, they have to return home for two days uh, prior to this All-Star break. Um, and each player that is going to be going are allotted uh, four guests. Um, and of course, the everybody, um, the players plus their party, um, will be required to remain in the hotel during this trip, um, except for the activities that will be taking place um, at the arena. Um, of course, uh, the NBA plans to have a three-point contest and a skills challenge um, during the uh, pregame of the All-Star Game, which will be taking place March 7th. And then the dunk contest will then be held at halftime of the game. So... Um, some interesting stuff. Of course, there's still some drawback from, you know, some of the bigger names in the league, but, um, you know, it's full go, it's happening. Um, and it should be interesting to say the least, but, uh, that's all I have for today. I hope you all enjoyed, uh, episode 20 of the Geno Spirito podcast. I know I, I enjoyed this as always. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have, um, a great week 
and I will see you all on Wednesday. Thank you so much.